Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. G'day, just got the thumbs up, which means we're good to go with the COB on this Friday. Carl, uh, joined again by Andrew. Carl, um, looks as though we're going to win the week on a fairly decent positive session. Yeah, well, you're certainly more chipper than the last four days, mate. It must be a Friday. <laughs> um, I'm feeling much the same, but it looks like we're going to be uh, finishing the week higher. Some interesting price action today because we've got energy materials up. The lithium names are doing reasonably well. The index of the day, we're recording this obviously about an hour before the close, uh, but 0.6% uh, is what we're looking at, at least as we as we stand right now, and that'll put us in positive territory for the first week of 2023. Yeah, you mentioned some of those names, certainly the winners. Um, yeah, among them, the, those uh, gaining most core lithium, Pilbara Minerals. Um, you've got also some of the goldies as well, uh, Lake Resources, Chalice, and uh, coal miners um, managing to bounce back as well. So, yeah, we were talking about this earlier about, you know, what, what's actually driving these moves at the moment. I guess there is that ongoing optimism about China, maybe investors trying to look beyond what's happening there right now to once it fully reopens and they get over this yeah, I mean, issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been talking about it all week about trying to, you know, get a good feel for what's noise and signal in in um, these sort of holiday themed trading conditions. But I guess if you lay out all the things that we're talking about this week, it's the China reopening. Will it be, um, you know, a, a, a positive in the in the immediate term for the growth outlook, or you know, will it take a little bit of time for that gross story to come through? Could it be inflationary, deflationary? Then we've also got, um, you know, what's coming out of the United States as well, where it's uh, some reasonably solid data here and there, at least when it comes to the labor market. There's mm. this sort of uh, good news is bad news element to that as well. Um, but then also on top of that, the market's speculating that off the back of the FOMC minutes, although, you know, they were went to pains to, to suggest that financial conditions are uh, a potential concern, the easing of which... Um, that you know, uh, the, the the implied probability of of rate hikes um, going forward were sort of, I suppose, lowered somewhat. So, so those are the, some of the things that we're grappling with. But it's certainly today very much a value oriented rally, which of course is is always good for the ASX two hundred. Yeah, among the other movers, uh, well, not doing well. Magellan, which of course uh, had a really uh, tough time in twenty twenty two, it's down another ten percent. Um, that's off the back of, uh, well, it's certainly a poor month in December with uh, more than $2.5 billion in net outflows. It has been a tale of woe ever since uh, Hamish Douglas departed the firm. And uh, we were talking about energy. That um, <laughs> that struggle in the Perth gas basin continues. So, um, obviously, Hancock upped its bid for Warrigo. Now, Warrigo's joint venture partner, Strike, has come back with its own offer. Um, 
which is a premium to what Hancock has has offered. So I can't I see any end in sight to this. I sent, wasn't it? So I think the Hancock was at, was at 36 and then Strikes come back with 37 or something of yeah, that nature. It's at a 4% premium, therefore, to what Hancock offered. But right. um, yeah, as I was saying, it's, just, right. uh, it's, it's a fascinating sideshow at the moment. Um, interesting to see who the winner's going to be. Absolutely. They're really fighting it out for that asset. Yeah. Um, also, just internationally too, I did see that Samsung... Uh, it's quarterly profit down close to 70%. Mm. Um, that's off the back of those uh, chip prices which have uh, fallen. Um, perhaps, well, is that a forward indicator as to what's going on with global demand too at the moment? Yeah, well, we'll get a really good picture on that next week too because we've got Taiwan Semiconductor, obviously a very different part of the supply chain there, but Taiwan Semiconductor reporting next week. And you add to this as well that the, the stories we were covering yesterday with Salesforce and Amazon cutting uh, cutting jobs. It's one of those questions I think we're grappling as to whether this is a tech-centric story, uh, so it's just isolated to the tech sector, or whether it's a, an omen for the, the broader economy as well. So mm. uh, one to keep an eye on, especially as we go into that um, uh, Taiwan Semiconductor results next week. So Shearwise uh, on the call today, I stuck to that um, asking the, the experts for their super buys, you know, one share, one company that is fine, find uh, has absolutely compelling value at the moment. So we had uh, Jumbei Lu from Trebekah and uh, Luke Winchester from Meriwether Capital. Jumbei chose Ramsey Healthcare, interesting, mm-hmm. um, Saying that's looking like great value at the moment. It is that uh, that private hospital network, but it's uh, it, you know owns so much uh, valuable property uh, at the same time. Because we did see KKR initially lob that bid uh, last year, which fell through. So uh, she's seeing that as a compelling value at the moment. Luke's pick. I think he actually stuck this in his Christmas stocking. Uh, Prophecy International is that global software solutions company. Uh, it has both Snare and Emite. Um, it uh, has real-time analytics saying, yeah, that uh, it's risky, but, uh, but that's his pick. Let's uh, have a listen to their reasoning. The company still represents significant amount of value. Um, and, um, you know, the earnings is probably one of the few companies still yet to recover to pre-COVID level in terms of earnings. Private hospital is still uh, going through its um, its waiting list and, uh, you know, taking time to go back to its full capacity. But rest assured, earnings will grow more than 100% this year and will grow double digit in the next few years just to catch up on that backlog. Um, aside from the asset value itself is sitting on the balance sheet. So to me, it's a very defensive play and it's a defensive growth business um, that that its earning will not be dependent on the economic reality. We will have recession around the world, but this company is not going to be impacted, and its earning is still has still got a significant a significant tailwind from the comparing to the pre-COVID level. It's cash flow positive, and to me, that's what sets it apart from a lot of the other microcap tech that's deservedly being sold off. Um, and that's why I think something like this offers a bit of an opportunity. It's it's been lumped into that basket, and I think undeservedly so. So it's my super buy. It's my Christmas cracker. It's one I most recently bought from Rareweather. Um, yeah, Prophecy International. All right. So there's uh, two stocks to consider: Ramsey Healthcare and Prophecy International. So. Kyle, you were talking about jobs. Uh, we got to the ADP report out of the States uh, overnight. Uh, remains, obviously, that jobs market remains extremely strong. And it's going to be reinforced perhaps tonight with the non-farm payrolls report. 
Yeah, well, we'll all be um, keeping a close watch on that because I'm just sort of thinking back through the, the data that we've had this week. ADP better than expected, jobless claims last night lower than expected, um, job openings higher than expected. Uh, still, what was it, what we were saying yesterday? You know, over one and a half jobs for every American looking for one still. So. We've got the NFPs tonight. The expectation is for the unemployment rate to remain at 3.7%, the US economy to add a lower number of jobs than uh, last month at 200,000, average hourly earnings to come in at 0.4%. So going to be absolutely crucial uh, because despite the fact that the markets, we were saying it before, despite the fact that the markets are, are pricing in, you know, perhaps a, a less hawkish, even potentially slightly dovish uh, Fed um, in, in coming months or by the middle of next year, um, Kashkari, um, some other uh, Fed speakers over the last few days have gone to gone, gone to pains really to, to express that they think that rates are going to have to go well above 5%. So these job figures will um, certainly inform perhaps the, uh, the short-term views of, of Fed policy. Yeah, it's interesting. I spoke to a number of uh, a couple of American guests uh, this morning: Dan Gerard from State Street, uh, Tim Mulholland from TGM, also uh, locally uh, Warren Hogan from Judo, all talking about how key jobs are at the moment. Um, certainly, as far as the U.S. economy is concerned, given well, I mean, the Americans are still spending. Mm. So, what's it going to take for them to stop spending? Well, I mean, the property market doesn't have the same effect because most American mortgages are. 30-year fixed, um, so you're not seeing the impact of interest rates there, uh, it's going to be when we start to see these job losses, which will actually force people to stop spending for obvious reasons. Yes, um, and it would seem at this point in time that there are very few cracks in the data and even in the more sort of timely surveys, the PMI surveys, We've still got manufacturing uh, manufacturers adding jobs on balance, so their 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 um, employment still expanding, um, and we've got also actually the ISM services uh, PMI number tonight, which uh, it was again I've said it throughout this week. Uh, it was last month when that number came in quite strong and also showed an expansion in employment that markets again priced in a more hawkish Fed policy. So that's going to be really important. But you know, if, although we're starting, we are seeing signs that jobs growth is slowing down in the US. It's certainly not going in reverse, and it's not be, it's not going to be until it goes in reverse that I think the Fed can even contemplate stepping away from from what it's doing with policy. Yeah, so it's going to be fascinating to see what some of the company forecasts are, particularly, Carl, as we head into next week where we enter earnings season yes. again. I know. Doesn't it just come around so quickly? Uh, yeah, we have the big banks uh, on Friday, actually. Mm. So JP Morgan, Wells Fargo, BlackRock's there as well. I think it might be City too on the Friday. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But um, yeah, really, really big. And, and like I said before, Taiwan's semiconductor. Um, is going to uh, be reporting a little earlier in the week as well. So that, along with inflation here and in the States as well, CPI, should um, should be our first real meaty week. I suppose I guess you could say it begins tonight. Yeah. All right. Well, lots to consider next week. So uh, in the meantime, well, if you're anywhere else but Sydney, um, enjoy the weather because it's rotten here. Horrible. Yeah. So hopefully that improves uh, wherever you are. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Cheers, guys. <laughs>